Hey there, VIPs. This is Naja Hall, your facilitator and your hostess with the mostest. Today, I want to talk about something that kind of feels like an inevitable in the life of a stepmother. And if you have been one of those ones that's lucky enough to have been able to avoid court, I don't think you'd probably be a part of this community. Today, we're talking about how to handle court and how to stay sane. VIP, VIP, stepmoms, that's you and me. Okay, so let's just say you've hit that fork in the road in your relationship, your co-parenting relationship, where either there's so much conflict that you decide it's time, we can't avoid this anymore, or you simply need a change to order to, to your, your, your parenting orders and you don't know which way to go. So I kind of want to just walk you through how the process should go, best practices, and some of the things that you need to do. As you all know, most of the time, I simply urge stepmoms to find your lane, stay there, and flow comfortably in that space. However, when we're talking matters uh, that directly affect you, such as court, attorneys, sometimes police, sometimes psychologists. This is stuff that you need to be in the know. The first thing that I would suggest that you do is start an email that can include you and your partner. That way you're not relying on your partner to send you communications. Sometimes attorneys forget to CC or reply all. Sometimes people are just a little biased even. So if you have an email address, for example, my name is Last name is Hall. So we would probably start something like hallfamily at gmail.com. That way, both my partner and I have direct access to this so that we can make sure that we're both receiving updates in real time. And there's no need for us to communicate, forward each other messages, something gets lost in translation. And one of us might attend to it sooner than the other. Now, with that, you want to make sure that your attorneys, the courts, the other household has this address and this is the one that is exclusively used for parenting issues. If you are in a high conflict situation, I would even go as far as saying you gotta put somewhere in your orders that you wanna exclusively use a co-parenting app. Meaning this person cannot call you, text you, send a smoke signal, a carrier pigeon. They can only communicate with you via this app. And check your local laws because a lot of these apps are admissible in court. Now, I'm not saying that they deter a high conflict co-parent from being nasty or demoralizing. But if this person knows that their behavior is being watched and that there are possible consequences, that might help you in curbing the conflict just a little. And we all know that every little bit counts. After you create that email, you want to find yourself, and I make this sound so easy, it's not. (laughs) You want to find yourself a family law attorney that is equally as aggressive as they are compassionate. One of my friends used to say that people find attorneys that are extensions of their own personality. So I've been in court with some of my clients and even in some of our own situations. And, you know, there's a really seedy attorney that seems really conniving and underhanded on the other end and that attorney is basically an extension so you want to make sure that the person that you are entrusting with this very important part of your life has your same morals and standards and they're they're going to be very clear about the vision for your family because they're your mouthpiece 
The last thing you want to do is have to hand your attorney a bunch of notes while you're in court because they've not listened to you or they're handling this case without regard to what you told them that you've needed. So then once you hire this attorney, and by the way, I would suggest that you go through referrals. Don't just go in the yellow pages. If Does anybody still use a yellow pages? But there are a lot of resources now, and especially in a bunch of these blended family and stepmom forums where you can simply say, hey, does anybody know attorney, an attorney in uh, crazy town? Because that's where most of us live. Does anybody know an attorney? And people will start to give you referrals. It is up to you to schedule times to do consultations with a lot of these attorneys. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, very few of them have free consultations for a half hour consultation that'll run you anywhere from 150 to 300 bucks because most attorneys billable hours are going to be around $500 now that is very freaking expensive however if you know that this person is going to give you the results for example results for example if you've maybe heard them on a podcast or they have a YouTube page or a TikTok or a lot of civil um a lot of civil servants now are starting to use social media so that you can get a feel for their personality and I think that's a really good way to see is this person a good fit for me? Do I like the way they sound? Do I like how they talk? Do I think they're going to um, understand my issue and represent me well? So, you know, just do your due diligence before you even pay for this consultation. If you're lucky, you might get a free consultation. Now, uh, these attorneys are going to require you to put down a retainer. That means even if you are trying to hold your high conflict co-parent in contempt, because they're the ones that have been exhibiting bad behavior, you still have to pay the retainer. A retainer is going to start anywhere from three grand. I've seen them go as high as $7,500 when they know that it's going to be a very high conflict case. Now, what you can do, some you might get lucky here. If you have to bring a contempt charge against a high conflict parent, the only reason you're hiring this attorney is because that person couldn't, uh, they didn't stay on their P's and Q's and they couldn't be on their best behavior. So you can always request that the other party, should they be found guilty, cover your attorney's fees. I'm not saying they're going to ever get it. That attorney's going to ever get the money from that person. You're probably going to have to pay them up front and you'll be reimbursed. But that's another really good consequence. Just think if every time they withheld a visitation, or denied contact or disparaged you in front of the children or some other egregious act, they would have to spend money. I don't know about you, but that would surely make me get on the good foot and act right. So once you've hired your attorney, you've decided who you want to go with and you're going to go for the gusto. You want to give them as much information as you possibly can. And let's be very clear. You are paying these people about $500 an hour, $350 to $500 maybe. And you don't want them to have to sift through emails from 10 years ago. You want to give them the most relevant information to your case. And also, it's not difficult these days to sit down and write a very eloquent modification on your own. And then you send it to them, let your wishes be known, and your attorney can put all the legal jargon in there and add the bells and whistles. Basically, you want to show that you are very prepared and you want to make it quite easy for this attorney. What you don't want to do is bombard them with recordings to listen to. Make sure that your part, your state is a one party state, which means that one party has to be aware that they're being recorded. If you're using audio, if it's a two party state, then you are required to let the other person know, hey, you're being recorded. And we all know how that turns out. They're probably going to hang up or just 
I don't know, try to be nice. Who knows? Um, so before you do all that, you can do your due diligence so that you are cutting down on these billable hours because these attorneys, yes, they do work for you, but they're not your therapist. They're not your uh, coach. They don't need, need to hear how awful of a partner that person was and what they did and how pissed off you are. They are literally only interested in the legal end of things, which is why I am uh, one of the step family coaches for um, the, the collective law firm because these attorneys realize their clients need somebody to talk to. So please find yourself someone else to be your repository for all the extra stuff that's not legal. And guess what? There's a whole bunch of stuff that's not legal that we tend to include in there. You want to make sure that your records are up to date, make sure that they are accurate and you are honest. If the other party is able to find that there are holes in your story or you've made yourself appear that you're dishonest or you're trying to cover things up for the court, that's not going to look too good for you. And if you're dealing with a high conflict person, this means they are going to be quite litigious and they're really good at eluding the courts and they think they're smarter than everyone else, including the judges. One of the main things I've seen high conflict people do is while they're not necessarily smarter and they don't know the law, they know how to play the long game. They are very, they're not methodical, but they're worrisome. They're annoying, they're obnoxious, and they will literally pile 50 emails on your attorney in an effort to crank up those billable hours. And guess what? Your attorney has to respond to it because there might be something in there that is pertinent to the case. And so just be prepared for this person to be litigious and for this person to try to run circles around the other party. One thing that I, I, I like to liken it to is I remember watching, I think it was Muhammad Ali or somebody. And there was an opponent that, no, it wasn't Ali, but there was an opponent. They, they knew the opponent was stronger. They knew they had a better method and they knew the, the, the opponent was well-trained, but they said, you know what? Just keep running around the ring tire them out do that for the entire first eight rounds of the fight we're going to tire them out so much that they won't have the will to fight and that's typically what you see high conflict people doing i need you to please keep that in mind because once they feel like your defenses are finally down and they've avoided court and they've asked for five or six continuances and they're presenting all of this material that's not important that's when they feel like they've got the upper hand. So just make sure you play. You understand that you are playing. You could possibly be playing the long game and you're going to be at this for a while. So what about you? What happens when you're talking to lawyers all day? Let's just say you are in a situation where you have to get the police involved, meaning there's danger. There's threats of personal harm. There's um self-harm attempts you know something that you have to get the cops where you know you're asking for protective orders and all that stuff so you know you're talking to police people that are trying to get statements one thing you need to make sure that you're doing is you tell the cops everything that they need to know a lot of people also just like attorneys they like to use the police as their chance to get it all out they want to show how awful this other person is and paint them in such a bad way when the cop is really just trying to put the pieces of the story together 
determine who's lying, determine how to protect all the parties. That's all they want to do. They just want to do their freaking jobs. And part of their jobs is not listening to your grievance about the other person. As tempted as, as you are to want to go into detail about, once again, things that happened 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> that's not the job of the police officer. When you talk to these cops and people in the courts and uh, the service people, make sure that you're speaking to them about what their area of expertise and their ex- area of focus is if the police officer asks you hey so did this person threaten you you say yes they did threaten me officer and then start to give them detail about that particular instance these people are good at their jobs they know how to ask the right questions they know they surely know who's lying they know who's the true victim they understand that and they're very accustomed to dealing with, especially in these litigious cases, they're, they're accustomed to dealing with people that are disordered. You got to remember who makes up a large part of the penal system and what types of personalities are constantly finding themselves in that system and getting themselves in trouble. And it's not really the, the honest, hardworking human parents that just want to do the right thing. It's people that are problematic and they know how to point those people out. You don't have to tell them how to do your job and understand that these people are just human, just like me and you. They are professionals, but with professionals comes a possibility for professional bias. If you paint yourself as an angry person or you're difficult to deal with or hard to get in touch with, then you could very well bias this person and you might not get the help that you truly deserve and they might not be able to do their job and you know like I said I'm giving them credit for being a lot of for being professionals but they're just human so be very careful about that I know you're talking about some tough topics you feel like a victim you feel unseen you feel unheard but make sure to recognize that these people are not necessarily on your side but they're on the side of right And you have to ensure that you remain on the side of right. Next, let's talk about what you're supposed to do to keep your brain focused. Because this stuff is hard. Court is stressful. It's expensive. You're spending money that could very well be allocated on something else. Just trying to keep a person in check who's problematic in your life. And so there's going to be a lot of resent that you feel maybe for yourself for being in this situation obviously for the other party, maybe even for your partner. This is where you have to find, and I'm such a huge advocate, obviously, of finding people that can help you to manage your emotions. Because the last thing you want to do is start to attack your partner and start to not be on the same side. You know, like you you don't want to find yourself one day resenting them and having this intense internal argument when the true force that you two are fighting and going up against is a bad spirit that lies outside of your household. This is not the time for you to be fighting each other. This is the time for you to make sure that you are committed to bonding together. You're still doing your normal household activities. You're you're watching television. You're having a glass of wine in the evenings. You have specific times when you talk about this crap and then you shut it off. This cannot just meander willy nilly through your entire day. You have to have times where you compartmentalize these things and then talk to someone on your own. Talk to someone with your partner. Make sure. And this is all stuff that you guys already know. But I just want to say this as a reminder. 
you have to keep yourself up. Go to the gym if that's one of your outlets. Go to your boxing class. Go and have tea with a girlfriend. Go take a walk. You have to do something so that you don't become all consumed and overwhelmed with this one particular issue in your life. Because guess what? It's not going to last forever. You're going to get a judgment for the court, from the courts. And I don't care if you get your butt handed to you in court. The one thing about it is you fought you showed that you wanted to stand up for yourself, your children, and your family, and you showed up. I know the expense is not cheap, and it might very well not be your last time having to appear before a court of law for, with this one particular high-conflict person or with this same issue. But this person has to see. You have to show them, number one, I'm not afraid of you. You can say all these things. I know that you don't have any sense of right from wrong. I know that you'll hurt your children and you'll use them as a weapon. But I'm not afraid of you. You can't hurt me. You've done the worst of what you're capable of. And I know that you are hurting much more than I ever will. Also, I didn't talk about mental health and mental awareness for the other party. When you're going into courts, and I've heard this from a lot of experts as well, and I've said it to many people, when you find that your co-parent, in this case, we're talking about high conflict biological mother, when they are a high conflict personality, more than likely, they're just not an angry, frustrated person. There is going to be some sort of personality disorder or mental illness at play if you if possible you can request a psychological evaluation be done on this person you can also request one for the children and heck you can even volunteer the people in your household so that can it can be on record what you want is to show that there's a pattern in your high conflict co-parents behavior and trust me they think they're very smart they can't fool these court psychologists they can go in there and play victim, but there are certain questions that will trigger them no matter how much they rehearse. The psychologists have a special way of asking the same question in different ways. And they're trained to spot disorder. They're trained to spot when you're trying to hide your disorder. If you've already gotten a diagnosis from someone else or from somewhere else, you can't. The alienators can they can tell when children are trained. Children sit up there like little toy soldiers and they exact their high conflict co-parents mission. They can tell this. The courts are really good about this. It's up to you to do the due diligence and ask your attorney to request that a psych eval be done because there must be some sort of disorder. And we want to give a name to this disorder that this person has. They will share it with you. And not so that you can use it against this person or make fun of them, but so that you can know what you're up against. And also so that you can start to equip the children with, hey, listen, your, your other parent, obviously this is an age appropriate conversation. You know, your other parent is bipolar. They do have something called narcissism. Hey, your mother is a borderline. You know, this is this could be a conversation that could be had later on by your partner. But that means your partner has done the due diligence of putting a name to this particular high conflict personality, because you're going to have to not only prepare yourself, but these children have to understand, just like if they had a mother that was an amputee or a mother that had uh, stage four cancer. They also need to know, listen, my mother is bipolar. My mother is a narcissist um, at a certain point. 
you know, this is going to be something that is up to you. And I would highly suggest if your partner decides to share this with children that are obviously older and in an emotional place to hear this, this is something that I would suggest that be that be done in family therapy. I don't think partners should just go take the kids for ice cream and be like, hey, by the way, you know, I don't. there's a time and a place to do that. And if you need some help with kind of setting that conversation up, then you can always reach out to me or call me or, you know, just just uh, leave a question somewhere on the social media. And I can help you to go into detail on how to fashion that conversation based on your particular experience. <sighs> Lastly, um, I mentioned psychologists for the kids. So the psychologists for the children or the therapist or the court advocate for the children is called a GAL or a guardian at litem. And their specific job is to be the children's mouthpiece. They represent their best interests, not yours, not the other household. They represent the kids' best interests. Sometimes they'll request a home study. They might even work in tandem with the psychologist that is um, assessing the high conflict biological mother in your position. But this person really goes in to assess the kids' needs and they make recommendations to the court. So when your court date comes, depending on the level of interaction that you've had or conflict, sometimes your presence will only agitate the other party. And we don't want the judges and the legal system to see that you came simply to be a distraction or an agitation. If you don't think that you'll be able to control your emotions, don't go. If you think that your presence is going to set off a very negative chain reaction for your partner, don't go. Okay? We don't want to antagonize a person that we know is already off balance. What we want is to restore balance and we need help restoring balance to our family. And sometimes if you say, listen, I really want to go and be a support to my partner. You go and you show up, you take someone with you because your partner is going to be with their attorney. They're sitting up front with their attorney. You're going to be behind them in the section uh, for all of the witnesses. You might not be called to stand. Obviously, if you're going to get subpoenaed or you're called to court um, to, to testify, then you'll need to show up. But if you're there simply as a support system for your partner, you take someone with you that you know is level headed and fair because you don't want any snide looks at the other party or their representatives because, you know, those people, those high conflict people are really good at uh, gathering allies and they're going to bring all sorts of people to court with them, you know, including the kitchen sink. You want to make sure that you bring a person that is even keel, even tempered. They're fair. They're not going to be looking over, making comments. There's no back and forth. There's no commotion because these things really distract the people that are trying to help you and your children from finding solutions for your family. Last but not least, keep your face straight. If you are showing up in court, there's no need to make oohs and ahs there's no need for outbursts you are simply there as a person to let your partner know hey listen i'm behind you i know you can't see me but you can feel my presence and i support you and i love you and we're gonna get through this no matter what happens vip understand that this is only one fragment of your life this cannot you cannot afford for this to permeate every piece of your relationship and your thoughts i want you to focus solely on compartmentalizing and i'm going to use this word a lot i've used this word a lot during this podcast compartmentalize is your word 
Yeah, I don't want you to go to bed thinking about it. You literally have to treat this like a job. And one of your jobs is just dealing with crazy, honey. That's a part of your job. And you are good at it. And I am supporting you all the way through. If you ever find yourself needing help, if you need an ear, or if you just need some instruction for you or your partner, do not hesitate to reach out to me. You are not alone here. I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope that you are taking care of yourself. I'll see you next time. VIP, 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 VIP stepmoms, that's you and me.